Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Zamprin, educational assistant at Hamilton's Public School Board, are dealing with more and more violence. Legendary entertainer Donny Osmond joins us to talk about his upcoming tour. Barton Street is going to be wide open this Sunday, just down the highway. The Honda Indy Toronto is going to roar on the lakeshore once again. Forge FC hopes to kick off the second half of the CPL season in style. And what's your favorite ice cream flavor? The GMH podcast begins now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. To more serious news and and really troubling news within our local public school board, because the union that represents educational assistants and other support staff at the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board say their members are being hit by students more than ever before. Certainly more often than they were before the pandemic. Just this past school year, These workers reported more than 3,800 incidents of violence, a nine-year high, and 2,700 of those involved members with the Canadian Office and Professional Employees Union. And we know the pandemic was extremely hard for many students, but what the heck? Susan Lusak is the president of the Canadian Office and Professional Employees Union, Local 527, and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Susan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am. I'm doing great. Thank you. Give us a synopsis of what is happening in schools with these students and EAs and other support staff. Uh, where do I start? Uh, this isn't new. This isn't uh, pandemic driven. Um, we were seeing incidents before the pandemic. It's mainly due to shortage of staff. And that comes down to ministry funding. They're just aren't enough bodies to service the students within our schools to give them the education and support they need. And given that we're seeing a nine-year high, does that mean we have fewer of these workers in schools? We don't have fewer workers, but I believe we have more students uh, with dysregulated behaviors. And I would imagine that a lot of incidents go unreported as well. Absolutely. Uh, We can only give you statistics on what is reported. Uh, some of our members have been told by administration not to report. Uh, members, the students don't mean to do harm to the members. Uh, they, the lack of support then heightens their, their dysregulation because they're not getting what they need. And that, that's the message we're trying to get across to parents. We don't blame the students. It is, this is not the student's fault. This is due to the shortage of staff and the students not, like I said before, they're not getting what they need because if you have five to one, five students to one educational assistant, um, then somebody's getting left behind. And I don't just represent educational assistants. I have many other uh, categories, uh, classifications. Uh, I have uh, communication disorder assistants who deal with our students with speech problems. I have uh, CYCPs, which is an acronym for Child and Youth Care Practitioners, and they deal with our students with dysregulated behavior. And uh, I have two new classifications, a deafblind intervener and a language acquisition support, and they have a different skill set. But the bulk of my membership are educational assistants at, don't quote me, uh, 637 around there. 
Susan Lusek is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Susan is the president of the Canadian Office and Professional Employees Union Local 527, uh, representing a a lot of educational assistants and other support staff at the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board who are encountering um, a greater number of acts of of violence from Mm -hmm. students. And, you know, aside from the physical hurt, and I know there is some of that, there's another side to this. That's the psychological, that's the emotional you know, hurt that these employees are facing. How are they coping with this? Uh, well, the school board has an employee assist program called Homewood Health that my members can access. It's confidential and it's a free resource. But I I believe most of the members, they love what they do. We we love working with, with students because we're not in it for the money. That's, uh, that's a given. Uh, but I I think it's, you know, Today's a new day. Today's going to be better. We can do this. Uh, talking to your your coworkers is absolutely a huge mental health support, but it uh, it takes a toll. Every day, you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know if your student is going to have a good day, have a bad day. You don't know if your your staff is going to be there. If you're going to be short staffed, because that that's a huge role in in the students' behaviors, right? Whether they're going to be supported on a daily basis. So, yeah, it's it's hard. Um, like I say, we have the EAP program. It's not enough. We're hoping the board, the Hamilton Winter District School Board, can have more access for our members to mental health supports. Where they're working on student supports, but we need to be included in in that number. We need to have the board step up and do the right thing by my members. That's a great uh, insight into the day-to-day reality of educational assistance and other support staff at the local public school board. Has, given the nine-year high of these violent incidents, has anyone quit? Has anyone thrown in the towel because they simply can't take it anymore? Since last August, I've had 56 resignations and 13 retirements. Wow. And that is a massive impact, I would imagine. Yes, that's a... I've been in this role for about five years uh, within the union, not necessarily as president, but as vice president as well and second vice president. And I have never seen the mass exodus that I've seen this year alone. People are people are done. They need to protect themselves because if they're not healthy, they're no good to their own families. And a lot of my members come into this occupation due to a family member having some kind of special need, being on the spectrum, having a physical disability. So like I say, my members love what they do, but it comes to a point where enough's enough. We've got about a minute. Are you going to be able to fill all those vacancies by the time fall rolls around? Uh, The board has a constant uh, open, just lost my train of thought, sorry. (laughs) There's an open posting all the time. For casual members, we the, we are hiring all the time, but not necessarily qualified members. Um, we're working on that with the board, though, to get the training that the new members need. At the end of the day, it sounds like the education ministry has to funnel some more funding to hire more employees, and that, that could certainly help in this regard. It wouldn't hurt, that's for sure. That's absolutely true. The uh, The education minister needs to step up and open his pocketbook and uh, funnel some more money into support staff within all school boards. It's not just the local school board. 
this is this is a cross country, cross Ontario uh, problem, and it's systemic right across the board. Even our our coterminous board, uh, the Catholic school, they are seeing not as as many exits as we are, but they are seeing some. Susan, thanks for uh, shining a light on this and uh, making our listeners aware of what's happening in our schools. Uh, Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I just want to state once again, this is not the student's fault. They, They are not at fault in all of this. Thanks, Susan. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Susan Lusek is the president of the Canadian Office and Professional Employees Union Local 527. Uh, unbelievable. Nine-year high, a lot of resignations, a lot of exits from these educational assistants, these support staff. And uh, sounds like the province has to step up with some more funding to get more bodies, in, not even in the door, but in the door and then staying in the door to rectify these violent situations. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. A legendary entertainer is getting ready to blow the lid off the OLG stage at Falls View Casino when he brings his new tour to Niagara Falls on July 22nd. He is a singer with 33 gold records, an actor, a dancer, a best-selling author, TV host. Heck, he even races race cars. Donnie <laughs> Osmond, the one and only, joins us here on GMH. Donnie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, and I'm looking forward to your show on July 22nd. Yeah. This is going to be the first time you're in Canada after a six-year run in Vegas. What do you have planned for the audience? Well, actually, it's been more than that. We st- <laughs> uh, The Donnie Marie Show started in 2008. That went for 11 years, and then uh, I started my own residency about three years ago. And you never know if it's going to work, right? So you just do the best you can. And it's been unbelievable. Won the award for uh, best production, best new show, best singer. It's been unbelievable. So I decided that, you know, not everybody can come to Las Vegas. I decided to bring Las Vegas to you. So, and I love the the venue there at Falls View. So we're not just uh, bringing a little concert because sometimes when people take a big show out, they kind of pare it down. So it's more cost effective. I'm bringing everything. I'm bringing the entire Vegas show, the technical aspect, the big screens, the the uh, my all my dancers, my band, everything is coming to Falls View. That's going to be exciting. July 22nd, 9 p.m. Get your tickets now, ticketmaster.ca. Whole bunch of other tour dates listed on Donnie's website, donnie.com. You've you've done it all from playing the lead role in Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which was an awesome performance, to performing at the concert for Princess Diana. I mean, you've you've literally entertained millions of people for decades, six of them to be exact. I don't want to date you, but I mean, you started when you were five. <laughs> what has kept you driven throughout your illustrious career? Well, you know, I love what I do. I mean, it's it's a, it's such a it's my drug of choice, if you want to call it that, <laughs> to, to get on stage. And it's very euphoric. You can be as tired as you, you can be. But as soon as that curtain goes up and as soon as the lights hit you and the, the, and the music, I know it sounds very cliche, but there's something about that magic that uh, that just it, it's it's euphoric is the best word. Plus, um, when I was you mentioned Joseph, when I did Joseph, my director, Stephen, Pim, the late Stephen Pimlot. He told me something that was very interesting. He said, the theater is a place where people come to dream in public and you're in charge of that dream. And so that's a huge responsibility. So I kind of take it seriously. So what I've decided is that when I put this show together, I want it to be an experience. I want it to be something where it's not a concert. 
I want to take people on a ride because, you know, if you want to hear somebody, you know, listen to them on the radio or uh, Spotify or whatever, want to see them, go to YouTube. But if you want an experience, you go see a live show. Uh, and I've included, uh, to make this thing an experience, everything I've done in six decades. If you can imagine this, Rick, okay? Um, I just released my 65th album. <laughs> and so to what do I do? Do I, do I highlight that album alone in this show? I put every single album I've ever done in the show. Wow. There, There is a segment called the request segment where anybody in the audience can pick any album. And I put them all on the huge screens behind me. Any song on any album that I've ever done, and we do it just like that. So every show is different, and it's uh, it's catered to the audience that that you know they get what they want to hear. Well, Plus, I do Joseph awesome. and all that kind of stuff, and everything I've done in six decades is in there. In fact, um, since you're in Hamilton, I, I, I'm going to bring up the musical Hamilton, um, where everything is in rhyme. I decided to do the same thing. Wow! How do I fit six decades? in a 90-minute show. So I put together a, a, a rap. Uh, my music director, Keith Harrison, and I wrote this rap, and it's 10 minutes long, and it covers everything I've done. I, not just a rap, but everything I say in it, you actually see visually, and it's almost data overload in 10 minutes, and it goes so fast. So it's one of the highlights of the show, in my opinion. Man, that sounds like a great show. July 22nd is the date. Not only mark it on your calendar, but go to Ticketmaster.ca. Get your tickets today. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, the great Donnie Osmond, who is, you know, apart from Niagara Falls, you're going to be in dozens of cities across America and the UK. Is the I, I know the mind is set. I, is the body ready for this as well? Oh, I was born for this, dude. I invented <laughs> touring. <laughs> no, you know. Again, I love what I do, and but it is a very, very uh, busy, arduous, difficult show to do because, mm -hmm. you know, when you win Dancing with the Stars, people expect to see dancing. The, uh, I was on uh, The Masked Singer uh, as the Peacock, almost won, but T Pain got me. But I was the very first. <laughs> I was the very first Masked Singer, so they expect some references there. They expect, like I said, uh, certain songs from certain albums, depending upon the the generation. Um, Mulan that we do a lot of people don't know that i'm captain shang in the disney movie mulan so we we turn the theater into a, a disney mulan experience for it's a huge six minute uh huge dance uh number display of mulan it's it becomes mulan the whole theater does and uh, so it's it is uh everything i've done i i keep hating to repeat myself but it's everything i've done in six decades in 90 minutes or so it happens at the OLG stage at Falls View Casino, July 22nd, 9 p.m., Ticketmaster.ca to get your tickets now. Actually, uh, you know, I, just the easier way is just to remember Donnie.com. Donnie.com. Yeah. Way easier. Your Twitter yeah. bio says singer, entertainer, and family man. I love it. It's simple. It's to the point. It paints a picture. How is your family doing? And, and what are their thoughts on your big tour? My my uh, immediate family, my kids and my, my yeah. wife. My well, this is what grandpa does, you know. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I do. And you know, it's funny. I was just talking about this the other day. When, uh, say my grandkids, okay, when they come and see my show in Las Vegas, for about a day or so afterwards, they look at me a little differently because, especially the little ones, because is that the same grandpa that I play around with, uh, you know, backstage on the ground or just wrestle with? Right? <laughs> It's a whole different persona on stage than what I am in my personal life. So it's it's kind of fascinating 
when I see how my grandkids treat me after they see a performance. Hey, I got to ask you, because I'm a sports fan. When was yeah. the last time you were in a race car? It's been a few years because I had a horrible accident, mm-hmm. body surfing accident. My, my, uh, my doctor says no more car racing because back in 94, let's see. No, back in, it was 90, 91, like the, 91 race car. Yeah. But I, I went back in 94 and, and, uh, ended up crashing my car but in 91 i won the uh, long beach uh grand prix pro-am and won the denver grand prix right after that and chevy said you know we've been analyzing the tapes and how you drive we think that uh you're you got you know you're a natural pro i had a contract rick to go professional i had wow. my own my my pit crew i had cars i had sponsors coming in and then uh, that's about the same time the contract for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat happened. So in back in 1992, when I started uh, Joseph in Toronto, it was either that or be a professional race car driver. And the insurance rates are a lot lower for an entertainer than a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made the right decision, that's for sure. I think I did too, because my whole life turned around in Toronto. <laughs> Donnie, uh, this is going to be a fantastic show. We can't wait to see it. OLG stage at Falls View Casino. Donnie.com, the website. Heck, if you want to make it more convoluted, go to ticketmaster.ca <laughs> as well. Looking forward to this. Best of luck. Break a leg. This is going to be awesome. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, Rick. Have a good day. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. This coming Sunday, it's going to be Open Streets on Barton. What can people go see and do? Well, let's ask the executive director of the Barton Village BIA, Nadine Ubel. Nadine, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good morning. What's happening on Barton Street this Sunday? Uh, live music. Um, we've got a park set up, astroturf and hammocks for folks to hang out. Uh, lots of uh, on-street patios, great food. Um, yeah, uh, art installations, community organizations and a vendor market. Is this an all-day thing? Uh, it'll be running from 11 until 4. Okay, and I'm assuming that this is also, like we saw on King Street a few weeks ago, no vehicular traffic to worry about. Correct. Um, and it'll be the largest street closure that Barton's seen. We're closing from Victoria all the way to Sherman. Wow. So there's going to be uh, a lot of um, businesses that are going to benefit from this. Absolutely. That's that's the intention is to, to really highlight what all the wonderful things that are going on in Barton and invite the entire city to come down and check it out. Barton Village usually puts on an annual festival. Is Is that being replaced by the open streets? Yes. Um, so we're doing this event uh, this coming Sunday, but we'll, we'll also be hosting one in August and September in line with the city's open streets. So what does Barton Street have to offer? I'm sure there's a lot of listeners thinking, you know, I've, I haven't been to Barton in a while. What is going on on the street? Yeah, uh, lots of new businesses, actually. Um, we've got some wonderful new restaurants that are coming in, um, new butcher shops, new clothing stores. Uh, all kinds of wonderful things and, and some amazing service providers that are really helping out in that area um, to sort of help us highlight all the great work that's being done down there. The Open Streets concept, and I uh, participated in the one on King Street uh, about a month ago, I think it was, it really offers you a, a, a much better opportunity to really look at some of the storefronts that are on the street because you're not whizzing by it in a vehicle. You can, you know, go at your own pace. There were a lot of families on King. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of families taking part in open streets on Barton. It really slows you down and makes you pay extra attention to, oh, wow, I didn't know this store was on this street. 
Absolutely. That's that's sort of the intention is to give folks the opportunity to really experience Barton in a new way. I'm sure the restaurants are particularly excited because, you know, from 11 to 4, lunchtime is is during that time. I'm, I'm sure they're gearing up for this. Correct. Um, and actually, a lot of those restaurants are typically not open on a Sunday, so it's nice for them to have an additional day to kind of draw in a new crowd maybe that wasn't aware of them previously. So there's going to be live music, a, a kid's zone, a really family-friendly atmosphere. Can you give us some details of what's happening in that regard? Yeah, so the Kids Zone actually are partners at um, Parquet um, on on Barton, right near 541 there at Westinghouse. Um, they are setting up a Kids Zone. There'll be coloring activities and lots of things to keep the kids excited. Um, we'll be creating a park in front of Woodlands Park as well. Um, where, like I said, we've we've got some astroturf and we've got some hammocks to, and a, a cooling zone that will be set up as well. What kind of economic impact do you think this is going to generate? Oh, it would be almost impossible to measure, um, but the idea being that, you know, sort of showcasing Barton to folks that wouldn't traditionally head down that way, um, I think it'll bring some new folks, some new customers for the businesses, um, and just a... Nadine, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still Okay, here. sorry, you just dropped out there. I, I was just oh. going to ask, too, that, you know, the yeah. the uh, a big you know, driving force behind these kind of open streets initiatives is not only do they, do you want people to check out Barton, but uh, on Sunday you want them to, ch- you want people to check it out, you know, time and time again. This is going to offer an eye opener to say, you know, there's a bunch of stores we can kind of visit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I will be doing some engagement with the folks that are attending the event uh, afterwards and finding out, you know, what ways can we better showcase Barton and invite folks to come down and experience the, the great things that are happening there. It's exciting stuff. Uh, all, a lot of stores are opened, expanded patios, music, fun for the kids. Should be a good time, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. this coming Sunday. They're going to do it August 20th, September 17th as well. And uh, Barton Street East from Victoria to Sherman will be activated for open streets this Sunday. Nadine, thanks for the time today. Thank you so much. Nadine Ubel is an executive director of the Barton Village BIA, and it will be fun in the sun on Sunday. Let's hope the rain kind of holds off this weekend and uh, everyone can have a lot of fun down on Barton. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Here to break down what is one of the most exciting races on the IndyCar circuit is Eric Thomas, the host of Raceline Radio, Canada's national radio motorsport authority, and you can hear it Sunday evenings at 8 right here on 900 CHML. E.T., good morning. How are you? Good morning, RZ. Nice to be on with you here, and yeah, we're all set for the 35th time the IndyCar is entertained, and I've been lucky enough to be involved in all of them. Right from the very beginning, we did the track PA here from 86, the first one, right until Raceline was born in 92. Then we did lots of trackside broadcasting right on through until uh, COVID hit. But we've been covering every one, and here we are again, ready for the 35th time that uh, the car is entertained in Toronto. And you're right, it's, uh, it's one of the crown jewel events on the calendar. The drivers and the teams really like coming here we just had a power failure in the media center that i'm talking to you from however we are wireless and we are still connected you can still hear me uh, i think yeah yeah loud and clear oh oh, that's okay the the parking garage to get in here this morning was closed when i got here all the doors were locked i got into the media center and the air conditioner wasn't working and now the power has failed but uh, we we (laughs) will soldier on rz we always do but no no this is a this is one of the one of the, the good races that the teams 
and the drivers really like coming here. The fans are enthusiastic. They're very knowledgeable. It's a very narrow, uh, bumpy race course. It's a big, big challenge, and, and they always have a good time when they come here this weekend. So it's free Friday. Take the GO train. Come on in. Make a small donation to the Children's Wish Foundation and come on in. There's lots of practice. There's lots of racing. There's lots of stuff to do. So we're all set for the 35th time for this event. So we're excited about it. As you said, this is one of the most challenging tracks on the IndyCar circuit. From from a fan perspective, where's the the best place to watch the action? Well, really anywhere, I suppose, if you've got a seat down near turn three where most of the passing happens, but they've got the big screen TV, so if you've got yourself placed along the start-finish line or along the pits, you can keep track of, of the entire endeavor as you watch those giant screens, and the timing and scoring is available there as well. But it, it, the best advice is to get in here, get your sunscreen on, get your hat on, make sure you're hydrated, Pick out one or two drivers to keep track of and, and do it that way. If you try and keep track of the entire field as they're making your way around this 11-turn course, it gets a little bit hairy. And, of course, they're not in front of you all the time like they are in an oval. And, of course, we're all with, with Flamborough and with Merrittville and Cayuga and all the tracks that have been around. We're also used to doing ovals. But a street course, a road course, if you go up to any entire motorsport park, formerly Motorsport, you know it's a road course. They're not always in front of you. But there are ways to do it. Plus, you can get uh, apps for scoring and have it in front of you. And it's, it's a lot easier now to keep track of things that it did when we first started this thing in 1986. It's amazing how far the technology has come. But there's, there's, there's a way to do it. And if you've got the electronics with you, you can get just about the whole world on your phone. And you can do a lot of that timing and scoring stuff with this thing as well. When it comes to the racers themselves, uh, one Canadian on the track, Andretti Steinbrenner's uh, Devlin DeFrancesco. DeFrancesco what right. are the expectations for him? Well, uh, he's not having the the best of seasons, although I would have to tell you that I think he's getting better and better every time out. But I can tell you this, he's more than likely going to lose that ride at Andretti because uh, Michael has restructured a lot of the way the race team operates. So I think think you're going to see a more determined Devlin DeFrancesco. I think he'll want to audition himself for another ride for next year. But here's the other thing, too, to remember, that his boss, Michael Andretti, is a seven-time winner in Toronto. Not only that, you know how hard it is to go back-to-back in an automobile race. Michael Andretti did it three times. But if you ask him what the secret is here, he can't tell you what the secret is because there really isn't one. It's just one of those tracks that really suits Michael, and he's had a tremendous amount of success. So maybe he can pass it on. Romain Grosjean, the Formula uh, Formula 1 driver who's part of his squad as well, uh, there's another guy that is going to be trying to get some notes off of Michael mentally on what they did to do well here. But uh, I think the expectations are high, but he's going to have a lot of people cheering for him. Back to Devlin uh, DeFrancesco, nice kid, lovely guy, and I think he's going to land somewhere uh, nice next year. But he'll be more than determined. So it's important to have a Canadian in this race. Paul Tracy won this thing, the only Canadian who's ever won it, 93-2003, and the place went berserk when he did it both times. So mm-hmm. there's always a lot of support for the Canadian guy, especially especially when he's from Toronto. So it always worked so well. we got a couple more minutes with Eric Thomas, the host of Raceline Radio, Canada's National Radio Motorsport Authority. You can hear it Sunday evenings at 8 on 900 CHML, and he's at the Honda Indy Toronto today and throughout the weekend as well. i, I got to ask you, you mentioned Michael Andretti. i got to ask you about another guy who's won a bunch of times in Toronto, and that's Scott Dixon. Yeah, he hasn't won this season, but he did win last year. What are the chances he can get that checkered flag Sunday? Well, you can never count the Iceman out. I mean, that's why they call the, the Kiwi, the New Zealander, the Iceman. Because just when you think he's not going to be effective, bang, he can grab it. And he's had four successful runs here in Toronto. And Alex Pelot, his teammate, 
is the kid who has been walking away with the series this year. You know, he's a guy looking for his fourth straight win. No one has won four straight IndyCar races since the 1970s. So that entire Ganassi organization is going to be determined because you want Alex Pillow, the Spaniard, uh, to continue his hot streak, which are also expecting. And don't be surprised if Scott Dixon jumps up and grabs another one to make it five in Toronto. So the Ganassi team is going to be very interesting to watch. The Penske people are always interesting to watch because Joseph Newgarden has won it twice. Will Powers won it three times. Penske is always powerful here. So there's, there's a bunch of teams to watch, but those Ganassi guys are going to be intriguing because of Dixon and because of Poulot. Race day is Sunday. It's the Honda Indy Toronto, 85 laps of uh, pure adrenaline. Eric Thomas is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML in our final minute. Uh, what's in store for race? line Sunday night. Well, we're going to have a wrap-up, of course, um, and we're also going to do oh a few things. Jensen Button uh, with that uh, Garage 56, the NASCAR experiment of 24 hours of the Moss. Some final thoughts on where that experiment may be going. Was, is NASCAR going to do a little more of that sports car-style stuff? We'll wait and see. Jensen's always very intriguing to talk about that. Always on the lookout for new Canadian talent. Adam and Daniel Ali from Toronto are in the Euro Sports Car Series. We'll talk to those guys. Maybe they're the new Canadian stars on the horizon. We always like to chart the new Canadian talent, and we'll have a wrap-up of everything else that's going on in the racing world, as we always do, on our co-flagship station, Global News Radio 900 CHML, 8 o'clock Sunday night for Raceline Radio. It's going to be a fun weekend. Eric, enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Always lots of fun, RZ. Let's do it again next time, buddy. You got it. Eric Thomas, host of Raceline Radio. As you heard E.T. mention, Sundays at 8 p.m. right here on 900 CHML. It is Canada's National Radio Motorsport Authority and has been and has been for more than three decades, which is kind of phenomenal. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, Hamilton's Forge FC is looking to keep its winning ways going tomorrow night when the Hammers host Valor FC of Winnipeg. Forge coming on. Off, an impressive and a very dominating 4-0 result against York United last time out, and they are within striking distance of CPL leaders Pacific FC. One of the main reasons why Forge is gunning for another title is our next guest. Taryn Campbell is his name, a striker with Forge who is off to a tremendous start to the season and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Taryn, good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Valor FC, we'll start with Valor FC before we talk a little bit about Forge FC, because they've had an interesting season. Really, many will say a rough time this season. They only have 11 wins from 14 matches, but they have had a lot of close games. One of those wins was against you guys last month. What can you tell us about your opponent tomorrow night? Yeah, they're a very um, direct side. They like to um, attack through the counterattack. They do a really good job of it, and we know that the, they'll do a good, good job uh, defensively with their structure, so um, we'll have to play quick. With the CPL, too, there's a lot of parity in the league. I know you look at the standings, you might think, you know, this team's in last place, the other team's in, in first or second, but when it comes to style of play and the closeness of most of the games, there's not a lot to, to pick and choose from in terms of, you know, which team is going to win each and every day. Is that, you know, some of the appeal of this league is that every game, like every team is in it? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think, um, you know, going into each game, you can't under, underestimate any side because, um, like you said, any team uh, on any given night is capable of winning in this league. So I think uh, just every game that we go into, we just need to give uh, 100% effort. And uh, yeah. Following tomorrow's game, you're going to be traveling to Pacific FC out on the left coast. Does that make tomorrow's match extra important? Because, you know, going to BC on a two-game winning streak would provide you with some pretty good momentum. 
I think uh, where we are in the standings and where uh, the season is and where we're at right now, I think uh, picking up some points and winning a couple games here is huge for us. So um, we can go into the Saturday and get some extra motivation and confidence for uh, the following game against Pacific. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Taryn Campbell, striker with Forge FC. Forge taking on Valor tomorrow night. 7 o'clock, Tim Hortons Field should be a, a barn burner of a game, as it usually is at the Donut Box. Now, you're a Burnaby, BC kid, and as I mentioned, next week you're going to be playing in Vancouver against uh, against Pacific, uh, obviously playing very close to home. Will it make next week's showdown with Pacific extra special for you? Um, I wouldn't say so. I think uh, last season when I, when I had went back there, um, definitely yeah, I'll still be excited to play, and uh, I think it'll be a really good game. Going into tomorrow's game against Valor, you are tied for the most goals in the CPL with seven. Now, your career high before the season was six, so what's been working for you? Um, I think just uh, staying true to myself and just uh, staying confident and knowing that the, goal, the goals will come at some point. And uh, yeah, just putting in effort in front of uh, the goal and also just uh, in the game in general to get my team wins. Uh, the confidence level obviously has to be sky high. Does that make you maybe extra hungry for the CPL goal scoring crown? Is that something that you'd love to achieve? Yeah, of course. I think this is, this is my fifth year in the league now, so um, winning that would be nice for sure. What does it mean that you know that you're still you know a, a relatively young guy in the sport of soccer? That is for sure. But is having a career year that must be you know a huge confidence boost not only for yourself but for the entire team, the coaching staff as well. They're looking to you to be that difference maker. That must feel pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's uh, season's been um, all right so far. I think uh, myself personally and the team we can uh, do a bit more. So um, I'm excited to see what the second half of the season brings. Should be a lot of fun. Taryn, appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night against Valor FC. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Taryn Campbell, striker with Forge FC as they get set to host Valor FC tomorrow night. Kickoff is at 7 at Tim Hortons Field. And the Hammers are in a dogfight at the top of the table for the CPL. Pacific, as I mentioned, is number one with 25 points. They've won 7 of 14 games. Forge next with 22. Cavalry right on their heels with 21 with a game in hand. And uh, York United with 20 points. And, you know, to be honest, Halifax not far behind with 19. And then there's Ottawa with 18. So it's pretty much a logjam in the first half of the CPL season. But there's a lot of football or a lot of soccer to be played here in the Canadian uh, Premier League. And let's just hope Forge doesn't overlook their opponent this weekend because there is a huge matchup next weekend with Pacific. That should be a lot of fun. Good luck to the lads tomorrow night at the Donut Box. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We are talking about ice cream. July is National Ice Cream Month. Sunday is actually National Ice Cream Day. And we are celebrating by listing our favorite flavor of ice cream. I also have some weird ice cream flavors as well. For me, the best ice cream flavor on the planet, bar none, is chocolate. It is simple, yet elegant, delicious. Chocolate is number one. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? You can call in at 905-645-3221. You can text at that same number, 905-645-3221. On email, rick at 900 chml. Dot com On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, we've got a couple of votes in the Twitterverse. 
Bob says, chocolate, absolutely. Bob, you're my new best friend. Brad, on the other hand, has thrown a curveball into the mix. Tiger Stripe is Brad's favorite ice cream. And if you don't know what Tiger Stripe is, he basically explains it in his second sentence. Tiger Stripe, heavy on the black licorice. Listen, I love black licorice. I'm not a big fan of ice cream with said black licorice. What is the number one ice cream flavor? Call or text 905-645-3221 or email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Zamprin. Can we stop for ice cream on the way home, Mom? Mm, I don't know about Please! 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 Some of the most popular and, I will say, delicious ice cream flavors. Certainly chocolate is on the list. Vanilla is also, of course, on the list. Traditional. uh, Some call it a sexy flavor. I don't know. It's vanilla. And we call things vanilla because they're, eh, you know, they're there. Not my favorite, but it's okay. Strawberry ice cream. You put them all three together, you got Neapolitan. Chocolate vanilla ice cream. And what's the one flavor everyone eats when they get Neapolitan first? It's the chocolate. Everyone goes for the chocolate first. And then it's the vanilla, and then, oh, yeah, we got to eat the strawberry. Chocolate chip, also on the list of best ice cream flavors. Butter pecan, also on the list. Uh, there are some un- non-traditional flavors on the best list as well, but still very good. Moose tracks, I shouldn't say untraditional. You know, now you're throwing in some other, you know, flavors, Rocky Road, got to be on the list as well. Coffee, I know, has made a big run up the charts. Pistachio, mocha, chocolate chip cookie dough. The list goes on and on for cookies and cream. The list goes on and on for amazing ice cream flavors. What's your favorite? Send me a text at 905-645-3221. Brenda says, good morning, maple walnut and or tiger stripe. Brenda and Brad are getting together. They're ganging up on the tiger stripe ice cream, and I'm not sure Brenda also wants to go heavy on the black licorice as well. Sounds like we got some tiger stripe fans. I wonder if that has anything to do with the tiger cats. Uh, at least you're not eating ice cream like this. Wow, it's a little early for ice cream night. <laughs> it's never too early for ice cream, Jim. But we didn't have any ice cream, so this is mayonnaise and black olives. Oh! oh it's God. comfort food, alright? God! I wouldn't recommend mayonnaise and black olives, <laughs> unless you're a fan of both uh, an ice cream flavor, no thanks. But here's some of the weirdest ice cream flavors that you may or may not want to try. Everything bagel ice cream. Mm, I don't know. Does it come with all the sesame seeds and poppy seeds? I might, I might take a pass on that. Foie gras ice cream. Yeah, it's actually a thing. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go there. Deviled egg custard with smoked black tea. Well, now we're just getting ridiculous. Also in the ridiculous category for ice cream, wasabi. Is it spicy? No. I mentioned coffee is one of the favorites. How about coffee, garlic, herb, almond chip? (laughs) I don't know if coffee and garlic go together at all. Here's another ice cream flavor you might not want to go with. Mountain Dew and Doritos. Uh, Jen on the line here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Jen, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, it's Jane, but that's okay. It's orange pineapple. Orange pineapple? Yeah. Wow. And it is good. And I got that 
I used to live in Stony Creek when the dairy was still open. Yes. And that's like where I got it from was orange pineapple from the Stony Creek dairy. Wow. Are you also a pineapple on pizza fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, you draw the line there. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, okay, Jen. Thank you. Have a great day and a great weekend. Wow, that, that yeah, there, there's the combination. One more for you. In the pizza sense of weird ice cream flavors, margarita pizza. Margarita pizza ice cream. Really? Mm, no thanks. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.